Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Thank you for staying with us here on Money FM 89.3. I'm Hong Bin Jung. And today, for our market wrap of the week, we're already in the middle of December. And we have a very special guest joining us today. We have He Rui-min, who is the co-founder of The Woke Salary Man, who's going to tell us some of the lessons that he's learned this year when it comes to investing. Rui-min, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Hong Bin. Hi. Okay, so we're towards the end of the year, what are some of the key events or financial events that came as a surprise for you? Well, I think there were like two for me and I think two are like the most shocking. I think the mm-hmm. first one was the, the unwinding of the crypto markets, mm. especially uh, yeah. when it comes to FTX, Luna and mm-hmm. you know, uh, even Voyager. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, last year we already knew they were risky assets, but it really shocked me. Like, uh, no, what really came, what really shocked me was like the speed that the the whole thing fell apart. You know, I think this yeah. happened in like literally days, and what was essentially like a bank run on the crypto market. Right, it was it, like a domino it, effect, right? Exactly, exactly. And to see such like big names like collapse within days, mm-hmm. I think that's that's always very humbling for a new investor to see. Yeah. What was the other key event that shocked you this year? Well, the other thing was actually like how how high the the rate hikes be- became because. Mm-hmm. I'm a millennial, right? I think all my adult life, uh, we've always been used to rates, you know, nothing but uh, above two percent. Right. But I think like most recently, you know, the the home loan mortgages have exceeded like four percent. So that is also pretty interesting, and I'm sure like there will be lots of implications for people who overextended on their house loan last mm-hmm. year. Mm. So from these events, what are some of the key lessons you learn in 2022 when it came to investing? I think we have really have to go back to the basics. I think what is most important is that mm-hmm. when it comes to investing, you really stick to your beliefs and ignore the market noise. Right. I, and this is especially true last year when, you know, there were a lot of crypto bros, you know, saying mm-hmm. something, saying stuff like, oh, this is the greatest wealth transfer of, of generation. This is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think many people say it with such conviction and such certainty that it encouraged many people to, to kind of put too much of mm-hmm. uh, their net worth in the crypto. And this year, I think many of them were hit very badly. So I think when it comes to investing, you must really know your own risk appetite. You must know your own risk capacity and then you act according to those decisions and then you mm-hmm. take responsibility for your actions right, because right. No, no one's going to, to bail you out you know if you are not responsible for for your own decisions you know it, it's quite hard to you know shut out all those noises you open up the news or you're just hearing from someone else you hear all these financial advice and how do you shut the noise well I think for for most people mm-hmm. I think maybe not reading so much news like all, like all the time mm-hmm. that could actually be better for them as investors right. and often is I mean, let's say you uh, invest in a company, and maybe it's best to not read news about the company, but rather you know just watch out for the annual report there, that, mm. or the, the quarterly report, and just read the fundamentals instead of you know fixating on like what the CEO is doing or like mm-hmm. you know all the news because often news tends to be tends to have like a negative bias because that's what people better react to. Right. Yeah. So I would just say try not to listen to news so much, although like you no, know, <laughs> your show is fine. Yeah. Because the news is just more of a short term, you know volatility and then you got you gotta look at the longer term but you know i'm sure as the woke salary man i'm sure you get a lot of questions about financial advice from people who follow the woke salary man so what was the number one question you received this year well i think certainly is about whether or not they should stay invested or whether or not they should invest mm-hmm. because 
uh, last year was very easy to to make money when you started investing. I yeah. think many people are probably are sitting in the red right now. Mm-hmm. Some people are even down like, as much as 70%. So many times they're asking, oh, you know, should I still be invested in this? I think ultimately it depends what you have invested in. If you have invested in something like, you know, uh, like the S&P 500 index, I think that has shown to historically go up in the long term. Mm-hmm. But I think this advice doesn't always apply to specific companies where you have to look at the financials. You know, you, you, you can't always just listen to influencers say, you know, buy this stock and then you buy it because some stocks, some companies after being hit by, you know, high interest rates or like mm-hmm. the current economic climate, they, they will not be recovering. So mm-hmm. it really depends what you have invested in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your recent post talked about income disparity, right? Why is there such a gap between the rich and the poor? Well, I think there are many, many reasons for sure. And we're not super experts, but I think as Singaporeans, right, as, mm-hmm. because we are such a small country, I think it's important to, to realize that there are two factors that we think cause income uh, disparity to, a, to quite a large extent. And these two factors are globalization and technology. Mm. I should probably, yeah, I should probably preface that this doesn't mean like these two factors are bad. It's just that the unintended consequences of both of these are uh, con- uh, inequality. Maybe I can explain for a second. Mm-hmm. So uh, when globalization happens, it means that competition for a job is now global, and that means you know some people in developed countries will lose their job to uh, developing countries because they have cheaper foreign labor there, and in mm-hmm. turn this leads to wage stagnation and even unemployment in those countries. Mm. Meanwhile, the business owners who get to use cheap labor, right? They get to increase their profit margins and they become richer and, uh, you know, other people who actually manage like the cheaper labor overseas, they will also get to benefit from, right. you know, globalization. It's actually a similar case for technology because, you know, technology and automation has reduced the amount of jobs needed mm-hmm. to run profitable companies. So mm-hmm. I think I was just looking at how many people Google hired and how many people, uh, let's say, like the Ford Motor Company hired mm-hmm. like 100 years ago. Google hired way, way less people even though, mm-hmm. you know, they were both like giants of their time. Okay. So, I think one thing to acknowledge is that technology has happened at such a rapid pace mm-hmm. that it has made many people's jobs irrelevant and again, you know, this causes wage stagnation and unemployment. So, so to basically sum it up, you know, uh, globalization and cheap labor mm. and technology has caused bigger winners and also bigger losers causing, you know, income and even wealth disparity. Mm-mm. And is such an inequality more apparent now with the rich spending more and the others cutting back amid inflation? Well, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, my guess is that you probably feel this a lot more in cities where uh, rich, you know, both foreign rich people and local rich people mm-hmm. like uh, I attracted to and they are able to spend more disposable income. I'm guessing like it'll be more apparent in places such as this. Okay. One example I can think of locally is, you know, there are many new launch condos and even though the government put in some cooling measures this year, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are still sold out. So that could be one such example, you know, of the rich continuing continue to spend more while everyone is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to cope with the cost of living crisis. Okay, okay. And, you know, I cannot miss out on this question because we're, we're in December. Can you believe we're in December already? <laughs> yes, really fast this year. <laughs> but um, New Year's resolution. What is your New Year's resolution, Ramin? Well, I think we'll say, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty traditional and, and boring. I, I think it would, it would be to work on your earning power as always, you know. As mm. an investor, don't try to get quick gains. It's better to earn 7% off $100,000 than try to 10x your $7,000 because, you know, the, other, the, other, the latter one involves like a lot of risk, a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. The, the first one involves like an investment on yourself and you know uh, yourself is always the best investment you can make very cheesy but it's always true yeah but what is your New Year's resolution mine yeah. I mean still the same you know I'm I'm picking up new skills you know I'm I'm learning new stuff so I can mm. increase my income mm, so, okay 
Well, yeah. do you have any advice for anyone starting or you know heading into the new year? Yeah, I think I think many times you know uh, when it comes to financial stuff, people try to focus on like big moves and mm-hmm. that that they try to ch- make instant change. I think we have to realize that improving your financial health is kind of like improving your physical health. You have to make like small steps. You have mm-hmm. to literally make a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like if I wanted to run a marathon, I must run you know five k, ten k. Then I progress up from there. Your progress must. Also also will be progressive. You you can't do everything in one shot. So I think try to take it slow, slow and steady. Mm-hmm. But you know, be consistent as well. As they say, slow and steady wins the race, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much, Raymond, for joining us today. Hey, no worries. Thank thank you, Hongbin. Thank you. We've been speaking with Her Raymond, co-founder of the Woke Salaryman. Stay with Money FM eighty nine point three. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm 893sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.